I'm John. I'm Keith. And this is Plumadiddle. Plumadiddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for most things, John. Most things, Keith, including but not limited to robots. robots. Keith, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the word robot? Well, I. A humanoid robot, really, like a robot. Anybody in yeah, particular? Terminator, probably. Okay, yeah. Terminator's a good one. Yeah. Let's throw out some more. Maybe Keith. iRobot. Uh, that's a good one. How about some R two D two and some C three PO? Yeah, see, yeah, that's true. But you know, R two D two was called a droid. He's right? a droid, but we'll, a droid's a robot. Yeah, but you know, in my mind though, it's still it's not the first thing I think of because no. it's a droid. It's something right. that rolls around and don't walk around. I think a humanoid. You know what you I know? think of? What's that? I think of Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Danger. I think of Danger. Lost in Space. Yeah, I remember, remember that. Yeah. The original, not the, the original. Thing. I, I saw some of the originals when I, when I was a child. I think it was already on TV land by then. Right. Um, but yeah, I've watched some of the new ones as well. Pretty good show. How about Rosie on the Jetsons? Do you remember some Jetsons? Oh, they absolutely. A robot yeah. housekeeper based on Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> Based on Hazel. Yeah, did you not remember that old show, Hazel? Uh-huh. She was a housekeeper for this family. I had no idea that it was based on Hazel. I don't even know who Hazel is, man. That, that, Hazel. We won't do a podcast on Hazel, okay. but check her out. All right. How about some Transformers, Keith? Transformers, yeah. I love the Transformers. That was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Or how about Adam? Do you remember How about Adam? when they used to make metal Transformers instead of plastic? They real so real Transformers better. are made out of metal. Yeah. And you already mentioned the Terminator. But I think that's what most of us think of, Keith. We think of these humanoid robots. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about more than just that. There's a lot of different kinds of robots. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about robots in general. And it, we are. It's kind of amazing to me, John, the type of podcasts that we have with science, history, and technology. You know, the chat. Yeah. That we've never... <laughs> yeah, we, we are I the chat. I forgot about the chat. Yeah. That we, we have chat. never done one on robotics. I'm surprised. Yeah. And more specifically, robots, not just robotics. Yes, that's right. All right, Keith. So let me tell you something real quick. Oh, one more. How about Adam? You remember that? Real Steel? Adam and Eve. Oh, Adam. A-T-O-M. Yeah, yeah. Real Steel, the fighting Uh robots. He was cool. So the term robot, Keith, any idea where that comes from? I do not, John. I was hoping you did. 1921, a play by Carol Kopek, Kopek, something like that, C-A-P. He was a Czechoslovakian writer. All right. And so it was called R-U-R. The English translation is translation. 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 That's the word for the day, some translation. translation. <laughs> that sounds like a doc. We need to do That's a documentary the, on we, some translation. You know, each episode, John, we really should have a word for the day and a screw-up <laughs> word screw for, the up for the day. Me and you both at least once. Yeah, screw I, exactly. Up. And exactly. then we, just, we don't have to edit it out that way. That's right? true. Yeah. I like it. So Rossum's Universal Robots. All right. All right. So what this did... It described an army of manufactured industrial slaves. Oh. So it's already a dystopian sort of view, which we're going to talk about some dystopian 21. Yeah, heck yeah. All right. So since then, we've come to think of robots as mechanical men or the androids of modern science fiction. Yeah. So now the word robotics, which we mentioned, was actually coined by a famous Russian-born American science fiction writer, which we've already talked about, me and you have talked about earlier, called Isaac Asimov. Right, yeah. I M O V. Is it, yeah, I M O V. Okay, so it is Asimov. Asimov. I got you. So he first used the word in 1942 in a short story called Runabout. And he also came up with something that's interesting. We've heard this in a movie, I think iRobot maybe. The Three Laws. That's the first time I heard about it, yeah. And then I heard it in 
Big Bane Theory. They mentioned it one time. All right, so what's the three laws of robots, Keith? Well, the three laws. At least as laid out by science fiction, so that we don't have this dystopian future where robots take over and kill us all. Right, and and we're going to talk about that probably at the end. Yeah, as we get into AI and that stuff. And robots possibly Um, thinking. But yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about this since it's in the science fiction. Um, Yeah, this kind of history thing. was don't harm a human or by inaction allow a human, human to, to come to harm. harm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's supposed that's a fail safe. We're so not supposed number, to kill the humans. That's number one, right? Yeah. That's a good law. I mean I don't want my that's number housekeeper one. killing me, you know? It's, right. It's not exactly. a good idea. That's the um, top one. So two, listen to humans or do what they say unless it violates the first law. Right. So I can't tell my housekeeping robot to kill my enemy, right? Exactly. Because it'll say, no, your enemy's human, and I can't do that. Exactly. There. So, But I can tell it to clean my house, and it'll clean my house. Sure. Because that's you go. the second law. Because it's in. Yeah. Exactly. So the third one, though, is allow no harm to come to itself unless it violates the first two laws. There you go. I think those are pretty good laws, man. I think they are, too, yeah. So we're just going to move on. We're not going to do a whole lot of history, but I'm going to throw right. a couple of more things out, and then we're going to dive into some types of robots. And, Keith, if I'm not mistaken... Um, the Flumadiddle Technological Institute has come up with their own robotic classification. There's a number of classifications. We might hint at some of them, but yeah. we've just thrown those out the window. So, you know, if uh, if you don't hear us talking about some um, AMRs or, or AMG, AGBs. AGBs or Cobots or, or articulated hybrid, robots, yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, because there's a lot of classifications out there, but they all suck. So we came up. So with we our came own. up with our yeah. own. All right, Keith. So George Devol. Okay. 1954 in Kentucky. All right. He kind of came up with this first programming that called on a machine to do these certain things in sequence in a way that we think of as a robot. Like autonomy. Right. Exactly. So didn't get a whole lot about him. That's not the point. Okay. But what, what goes on from there is he's, he's, he's credited by a lot of tech sites that I looked up as being the first one to develop anything sort of resembling how we would define a robot. Okay. Okay. Good deal. So he did that in 54. In 61, I think him and another guy created a company called Unimate, something like that. Okay. They actually created kind of a, what's the one with the arm thing? What's it called by Intel? The AGV, AG something? I think that's the articulated robot. The robots. articulated yeah. robot. Uh-huh. That's like when you think of a, um, like an industrial type of robot right. where something's doing a task and it looks like a big arm moving and swiveling and like soldering or welding stuff and that kind of thing. Yes. So they created that. And then in 1974, the first computer controlled industrial robot was created in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. All right. So we're not going to go much deeper into the history. And that's when computers were still huge, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Interestingly enough, on a totally weird tangent... In about that same time frame, about over 40 years ago, the CIA actually created a dragonfly robot. Wow. type thing. That's crazy. That, that yeah, long which ago, we'll get into yeah. that. We mentioned some. We that's actually, way before the miniaturization of computer chips. Way yeah. before. So, so anyway, yeah. we're going to let you pick up here, Keith. All right. I just wanted to throw out a few little things that we're, we're not talking about some Leonardo da Vinci thing with pulleys and levers. And right. There was other times at World Fairs and in London where they had a robot type thing that smoked a cigarette and spoke words, but it yes. was kind of like FM broadcast through its mouth. And yes. Not yeah. the computer digitally controlled It was smoke and mirrors, about. really. Yeah, you know, exactly. It was more like an illusion than a real robot exactly and that's why we don't classify those as robots john 
those are machines, sure enough. Uh, you know, oh, absolutely. But they're not robots. Um, and so, Flumadiddle, we decided to classify a robot like this. First thing, it has to have some form of AI or automation. Okay. So it can't just, like you said, have a radio, somebody speaks through it. It would have to be speaking itself in some way, even if yeah. it's a repeated thing or something like that. So according it needs to some that, kind of automation, right? Right. According to that, then the, the that first 1974 uh, digitally controlled industrial robot called the T3, yeah. we would classify that probably as the first robot. It's then. called the T3? The T3. Is that where maybe... Um, Cameron got his idea from? It could be. Maybe. The T-1000. I don't know. Anyway. Um, another thing, it needs to interact with the world in some physical way other than just sound. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, John, is because some people might consider, uh-oh, we got dogs at the door, John. Uh-oh. Charlie's protecting that. us from intruders. Yeah, from from Probably from the T-1000. Uh-oh. Lord, let's hide. Let's run, Keith. <laughs> it, hey, if this podcast ends... With Abruptly. nothing but crashing yeah. and die earthlings, you'll know what uh, happened. Skynet come back to stop us from revealing <laughs> the truth, from warning you guys. Exactly. Um, so anyway, the reason why I say it needs to react or interact with the world in some physical way other than just sound is because some people would like to call our digital assistants, like uh, Echo, Amazon Echo, call them right. robots. I don't consider them assistant. robots. There are definitely a lot of AI involved yes. with that. And that but is, it's not a robot. And that is was uh, my last point, is that every robot has AI, but not every AI is a robot. Correct. So you can have AI in like a digital assistant, because let's think about it, John. If you classify that as a robot, then we could say our telephones are robots. Right. Because they right. have digital assistants in them. They have AI in them. And so Fleming Hill just thought that it was better that they interact in the world in some physical way, you right. know, doing some kind of task or something like that to be considered a robot. So. I feel um, that. I feel that, Keith. So that is the qualifications of a robot. Of what we're talking about. So now you know what we're talking about. And the next thing is the classifications. And so okay. we're going to go through the different classifications. We're going to go through the different types of robots. But let's tell you first how we classified them. Because like I said, all the articles I read, their classifications kind of sucked. So I came up with my own. All right. So we classify them here at Flemingdoodle by what it looks like or how it operates. Okay. And the reason why, John, is because some people might classify a certain type of robot as military robots. Okay. Well, the thing is, military uses drones. They use, you know, automated guns. They use all kinds of different, you know, even the dog walking robots. Right. They use all kinds of different robots. Yeah, so no, that's not very useful, a, That's not a good classification. Not a good classification at all. So we did it by how it looks or how it operates. Okay. Or its function, right? Um, so let's go through the different ones, John. Um, the first one is aerial robots. And you know, I never thought of this, Keith. I, well, I hadn't thought a lot about this, honestly, until you brought up this topic. And then I had not thought of drones as being robots before. Right. But as I begin to study, there's no doubt that people consider drones to be robots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you like, if you turned it into something that looked like a pterodactyl and it was flying through the air, there's no doubt you'd say that's a robot. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Just man. because it doesn't look like a certain thing, you right. know, but it is an aerial type it's a robot. Thing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a wide range of drones, right? Break. Okay. Yes. During this break, I'd like to talk about how great of a friend John Guthrie is. John Guthrie is the most awesomest friend 
a man could ever have. Go ahead. There's everything, Keith, from the drones we fly around out here in our yard to, like, long-range yeah. military drones that can drop bombs and missiles to drones that fly to remote islands to deliver mail. What, yeah. else, what other kind of drones are there, Keith? Uh, well, the the spy drones are real similar to the ones that drop bombs. You know? They just have yeah. a sophisticated camera yeah, absolutely. mechanisms, I yeah. guess. Um, you know, and... I, they're looking into like solar technology to make them things stay up in the air for for long periods of time, which is pretty cool, you know. That's neat. Um, yeah, you got surveillance drones, you got toy drones, you got all kinds of different drones. Um, one thing that um, we're going to talk about in a little bit is hive algorithm. Have you heard about that? The hive technology. I have the idea of multiple small drones being able to connect together and yeah, do stuff. And you can get on YouTube and you watch uh, some of the army's experiments with this and how they they just follow each other it's kind of weird you know you might you might have one program to to make them all do this one thing and then they can kind of separate but they come back together it's it's strange and it's kind of um, creepy man it is and you know um another thing is entertainment we've seen at the super bowl show that time the light show that they put up in there with drones oh that's cool and that was pretty you remember that vaguely yeah it was Not pretty really. neat um so even consumer drones have you, that you can buy for even less than a hundred dollars, but you know a couple hundred dollars you can get a real good one. But um, they have obstacle avoidance, so like oh, that's cool. you know they sense something coming up, they'll just kind of avoid it and not. Does that mean wreck. that you can avoid the ground when your son's right like drives uh, yeah. it right into the ground? I'm not sure how good the <laughs> obstacle avoidance is. I would think it's while it's flying, but anyway, I would think so too. Um, it, they have the GPS return home, which means it's you know within three feet of he's going to land. Program yeah. it to come. That's pretty uh, cool. Low battery return, so if it gets starts getting low battery, it'll come back on its own. Um, you know the the batteries are getting like at least thirty minutes each each battery. That's uh, crazy, which man. is pretty good. You know, it's a pretty long time. And you know what's wild, Keith? There's so much we're covering here that I mean, you could easily do a whole podcast on drones, and that might Absolutely, be a cool podcast. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't mention though is uh, search and rescue. That's a pretty cool application. Yeah, I could see that for drones. You know? And some of the amazing photography that we see, yeah, is uh, of uh, you know landscapes and stuff. These amazing shots that you could have. Well, you could have mm-hmm. gotten them before, maybe with a helicopter and a guy hanging out the window. Right. Yeah. But now you can get them with a drone. So they, yeah. So the cinema industry has actually saved a lot of money not having to rent out helicopters. Oh, that's what I was going right. to say. Some yeah. of the uh, major panoramic landscapes yeah. that you can see. Some amazing cinema work. Absolutely. So that's pretty cool. Um, so that's aerial robots. What's the next one, John? Animal-like robots. Yeah. So I've seen the fake doggy-looking four-legged creature robots. What's up with them, Keith? Well, What's you the know, point? I think the point is is their stability. You know, um, with the four legs and the the different AI that they're putting in there, they can go across some crazy terrains. And just get on YouTube and watch. It's the um, what is it? Boston Dynamics. Yeah, yeah, I saw some of their stuff. Watch them kick this thing around. You almost start feeling bad for it, which is weird. Why do we feel bad for a machine that doesn't for have a feelings? Bunch of, you know, like mechanical electrical parts. Yeah, but they're kicking it around, trying to make it fall over, and it just maintains its balance, oh, that's which cool. is incredible. You know, and uh, so yeah, you got dog-like robots, and they're used. Uh, the military's applications for that would be like carrying their pack and stuff like that so they don't tire out so much carrying a bunch of ammo okay you know carrying stuff basically like basically a robotic mule yeah that's about smaller yeah smaller form Um, factor 
And there's other types of animal-like robots. You got spider robots. Um, probably the same reason. It's just like a stability thing. Stability, and some of them are also. You know what I've seen when getting on the spider and the flea. That they had like a flea-sized robot that I oh, saw. Oh wow! On the thing. Yeah, I didn't. And see I that. saw. Yeah, it's, it can get into some dystopian stuff, like the idea that this little flea-sized robot could be on you. Yeah, and, and moving on it, yeah. you and collecting data. Yeah. And you're not having anything. Right. Or yeah. not having any idea that this thing is near you or on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's freaky, man. That is freaky. Um, fish-like robots. I mean, so they have autonomous robots that can go and explore underwater. Now, I saw some of that. and Some, yeah. of, some, some of them of look the, like fishes. Some don't. don't. And if they don't like a fish, it'd be more in a functional it'd be type more of classification. A functional but, but I did see some neat stuff where some of them now that the technology is getting that way are able to provide feedback like like sensory feedback. Yeah. So when something's on the bottom of an ocean, reaching towards something, like if it's got an articulated arm, yeah. what it feels, the person controlling the robot can get a sensation of like yeah, feeling that's and neat. grasping. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Uh, and then they have what you already mentioned, bug-like robots. Yeah. You mentioned fleas. The dragonfly yeah. thing. They have dragonflies, yeah. There's several things. Even that, roaches. They have robots that look like roaches, oh, you know? You know, People would try to kill those. What if you had these wicked fast little robot roaches? That's scary. I know, right? Because real roaches are pretty quick. You know, if you made them they just are. as fast and like you could, they could escape from, you know, being. I mean, and then somebody'd see it and they'd even think, "Oh, that was just a roach." They would never thought they were getting spied on. You know? Yeah. If you Especially make it in look the south, just like it, you know? we've got the what we call down here wood roaches or palmetto bugs. Yeah. Those Some big old like two inch, two and a half bugs. inch roaches. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And roaches. Roastus. There's <laughs> Roastus. another word for the day. But imagine that because of the way they're they got the big brown wings on top, you yeah. can easily have that covering up this whole little mechanical thing. Yeah, it's like you an never inch and know. Half. I mean, you could pack all kinds of technology in something the size of a palmetto. Yeah, bug. you remember the phrase "I'd like to be a fly on the wall." Oh yeah. I mean, with robot technology, you might you can be, be a, fly a fly on the wall. wall. It's crazy. I ain't don't it? know if I'd want to be a fly on the wall. Nah, I don't. I don't. You might not want to see what you what you see. You know exactly. Um. So next one is appendix robots. Those you see those mostly in factories, you know. So that's kind of what we mentioned—the articulated arm. Yeah, kind of thing. that would be their classification name. I just call them appendix robots, but um, so not like appendix, like the end of a group, a, a set of information. This is the appendix. Yeah. Or the part of your body. Like yeah, like a like a part of your body kind of appendix. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, appendix robots. So. Um, I mean, you can look at videos of how cars are made today, and you're going to see these things, we'll right? No, that <laughs> that's okay. Um, We're only somewhat reliable. That's right. Um, so you see these a lot in factories. You know, it's just these big giant arms just doing uh, the same task over and over. You see them on like an assembly line. Exactly, and that's where where that started. Whether it's this big arm bolting on a wheel to a car. Yeah. Or maybe, uh, like I've had friends who've worked in some of the plants around here, we've got big plants that uh, either like supply parts for the Honda factory yeah. or something. So you may have a subframe for a, a certain truck or minivan, and these parts are laid out on the line, and this thing comes in and like MIG or TIG welds this thing together. It's crazy. Boom. Yeah. And, or paints yeah. or does whatever. But they're usually very task-oriented. Yeah, absolutely. Um there was when I was uh, picking out granite for my countertops. I went to this, uh, you know, light industrial store, uh, granite place, right? And it had this giant appendix arm. I'm talking about this thing was probably 20, 30 feet tall. I mean, it was huge. But the reason why it was so big is it was picking up big slabs of granite 
and taking them from one place to another so that they could cut them or whatever. Okay. Really, this, these slabs of granite are so heavy, it would probably take several men to pick them up. Oh, yeah. So, But it was cool to watch that thing operate, you know? Like, dang. And that mixes and some just of thinking about together. how expensive it probably was. I was like, oh, no doubt golly. about it. But some of the, like the automated mobile mm-hmm. kind of robots, like maybe your NASA stuff yeah. that's going around on Mars or something, you mix that together with that articulated arm. Then right, you've got absolutely. something, like you said, that can pick up granite or pick up packages in factories and then zzz, zip it zone, over to yeah. another area and right. drop it yeah. off. Or like whatever. a mobile um, appendix robot, right? Exactly. Um, so under the appendix robots classification, we also have exoskeletons. Um, do you know what that is, John? Yeah, it's a skeleton that's on your exo. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so like, appendix. Let's talk. Let's talk about that, Keith. Okay. Is that similar to an appendage? Am I saying that wrong? Maybe we might have a good word here, Keith. Man, we, if if that's that wrong, we will edit the whole thing out. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're we leave it. No. Again, we're somewhat reliable. I don't want to be that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. We can go with that because guess what the second definition of appendix or appendix is? An appendage. Oh, is it? Okay. Anatomy. A process or projection. Keith, we don't have to edit that out. We're gonna leave this in so people can A bodily understand. outgrowth or process. <laughs> so even though, Keith Okay, so good. Not, we so are college, I wasn't as stupid as I thought I was. We there are for college a educated <laughs> and professional yeah. workers. So maybe that's why I knew that that was right, okay, right? Because of my right. college education. Exactly. Again, we're somewhat... We're, God, man, you look, made me doubt myself look, there for a minute. We, Keith, I never doubted you for a minute. <laughs> we're just testing the flummadiddlers and see what they thought. That's right. So appendix or appendage. You got it. We're going Either with one, appendix. We're going to go with appendix because we already done we it. We already went with it. So exoskeletons uh, would fall on, under that, which... If you want to see a good example of the exoskeleton, watch that movie uh, "Live Die Repeat: The Edge of yeah. Tomorrow." What with Tom Cruise in it? Yeah, I remember that. So they had those that they walked around in, right? That we exoskeleton. Okay. Um, now we're not that far with the technology in real life, but we are not too far from it. I mean, not, right. some of the drawbacks we have today is power supply and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's a big thing, man. But, same um, thing with drones. Same thing with a lot of them, unless they're hooked up like that one thing, the appendix that's mm-hmm. doing that one thing where it can be powered constantly. Right. If it's on the move, it has to be powered. So, But we have come a long way. I mean, even in industry today, we have these things that people can put on their arms and make them be able to lift more weight. You have things that's that can cool. go on people's legs that can't walk and can kind of make them be able to walk. And we're going to get into that some yeah. more when we hit the – well, let's just get into it now, Keith. Okay. That's – We'll hit on it more in the humanoid thing, but a lot. Some, some, my understanding is that part of Honda's research, yeah, with humanoid robots in recent years, has been to create humanoid type robots that help people. Yeah, absolutely. Specifically, help yeah. disabled people. Yeah, that aren't able to do things. So I've heard this before. I have like an exoskeleton type thing. Right. And I've seen where people wore stuff like this and were able to do a job where they might could lift that big thing of granite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one what I'm person saying. could like lift yeah. that big thing of granite and walk it over somewhere. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So it's used in the industry already, really, to do those kind of things to make you stronger, which is pretty cool. You know, who don't want to be stronger, right? Exactly. Um, so you got those. Um, the next classification is functional robots, um, and that's just robots that don't really have an appearance that emulate anything, John. But they're made to perform a specific function. A good example of that might be a robot vacuum cleaner, right? 
does a robot exactly. vacuum cleaner really look like an animal or any no. specific thing? It doesn't look like an appendix. It doesn't look like a, you know, any specific thing. Right. Um, exactly. So it's a functional robot. It's made, it's round, it's flat. It's made just to vacuum your floor. And it's made so that Jeff Bezos can get the interior design of your home. So when his swarm droids invade, yeah, they've got the inside pictures of your home, the layout. They know where everything is. They know your whole routine, Keith. That's I don't know the dystopian that, future. I don't know that Amazon makes a robot vacuum cleaner, but they might. They sell them. Well, so, there's probably a robot vacuum cleaner with uh, Alexa on it. I bet there probably is, but I, that's not the one I have. So. <laughs> Um, who I, I can't remember. I think Roomba is the one who's well, going to have my. Roomba is going to get bought out yeah, by Bezos. I probably so. Um, another one, John. You think about this would be self-driving cars. That's a functional robot. Well, there you go. Uh, how about a kitty litter robot? I have one of those. A uh, pool vacuum robot. You know, is that a machine or is that a robot, Keith? Well, they have automation to them. Okay. Well, and that's part of the big thing that mm-hmm. that George Devol did. That was the automation part of it. Yeah, that made it kind of a robotic type thing. Yeah, I mean, I, for instance, the kitty litter thing. I'd just call it a machine if like it has some kind of weight sensor and it just sprung over. But it don't. It has sensors in it. It knows when there's a cat in it. If a cat goes in it while it's trying to empty, it'll stop. You know, it's all That's kinds of cool. robotic type, AI type stuff in I it. I like so. it, Keith. Yeah, I would call it a robot. Okay, I'm with you. Um, I accept you. So the last one, I saved it for last because really it's what we all think about when we think of robots. And we mentioned that was humanoid robots. Exactly. And we could do a whole podcast just on humanoid robots. Oh, man. That's what captures our imagination, right? When we think back, you know, to the robots from Lost in Space or Star Wars, the droids or the ones we already mentioned, we think of those humanoid robots. You know what the most famous modern humanoid robot is, Keith? I don't know. It's made by Honda. Really? And his name was? Asimo. Yeah, I remember Asimo. I've A-S-I-M-O. seen that. A-S-I-M-O. Like, it's been a few years. The little I white saw. robots, yeah. which I never thought of, but I presume that's named after Asimov. It, yeah. Um, I've been, it's been a few years since I saw that, and I think when I watched it, they were still trying to figure out, like, some stability issues with them running and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, they got way past all that. I bet they have. Like, yeah. Well, they really shut the program down in 2018, and now they're doing something new. But Asimo was, like, four foot three. Yeah. And the last thing I saw was, like, three or four years ago, at some big engineering conference in Washington, D.C., and he could trot upstairs and downstairs and trot around, and yeah. it was pretty amazing. And that's the most modern, sophisticated humanoid robots. Now, there's there are more. Well, there are Sophia more. Sophia is a big one that was listed online. I saw online. Yeah, that one. Sophia really looks like a human. You know, where, right? Is the that face, the same one? It's got the face. Yeah. yeah. So the Asimo, it don't really look... I mean, it, it's humanoid, for sure. It looks robotic. But yeah, it looks like a robot. I mean... But they just put skin on the other... Kind of a fake... Maybe exactly, a silicone yeah. skin. But I watched videos about that, and people who were touching that fake skin, I mean, I don't think it was just like silicone. They were saying, man, that feels so much like skin. Like, they've, they've really... Uh, researched into the skin technology to try to make it feel so real, you know. They have. They're trying to put more and more muscles in the face to make her look, you know, more human than robotic. And it's kind of creepy a little bit. It really. is creepy, man. That's I'll the, tell you, that's though. That's the um, one that's going to come murder you in your sleep. What you need to look out for, though, is uh, Tesla. Tesla's about to – they're researching, they're developing. They're about to try to come up with a functional 
robot for you home. I mean, I'm not saying like within the next five years. Now, if you ask Elon Musk, it's probably the next five years. Elon he's, Musk. Is he, good. He's very optimistic, right? Yeah. He always has these like quick timelines. He never can follow through with them. But he's, he's or an full of it. Yeah, or both. Well, yeah, I think it's probably both. You know, you probably in business, you have to be optimistic. I mean, if you're going to be, I mean, whatever you think of the guy, he is pretty visionary. Yeah. And he's trying to do stuff. And what he's probably going to do, him and Bezos are going to come together as yeah. the evil twins. They do. They're going to make know. humanoid robots say, uh, that drive Tesla cars. I would say Zuck, the Zuckberg, <laughs> as being the, the evil one. Oh, he is. Man, he reminds me of Dagum Lex Luthor or something. He is. I'm he's Lex what. Luthor. But, um, He's but listening yeah. to us right now through Facebook. Um, I'd look out, though, for Tesla trying to come up with something like uh, along the lines of what you saw on iRobot. You know, big industry, lots of robots being right DVD'd out to homes. and um, You know, I listen to, to a podcast. What if that'll ever happen, Keith? I don't know. I don't think it'll be soon, but it, it won't could be. be in my lifetime. You know, it could be within the next 30, 40 years. I, they, they just still got a long way to go with it. Long There's a lot of engineering problems to, to deal with when you're talking about making a something as awesome as God made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because humans are pretty incredible. Quite reach that. Yeah. Humans are amazing. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad I am one. Absolutely, man. But, you know, I listened to the podcast not too long ago, John, and their whole podcast, that whole episode, was about humanoid robots, what they are, and why we don't need them. And their conclusion was that we don't need them because we have all these other robots that do the functions that this robot would do. For instance, you might want your rosy humanoid robot vacuuming your floor for you, right? Well, Absolutely. we have a robot vacuum cleaner, so why you need that? So you may want right. it washing your dishes for you. Well, we have okay. a dishwasher, so why you need that? You know. So their their conclusion was like all these di- different robots. You know, why why would you need it to clean out your litter your kitty litter box when you have a kitty litter robot? Right. Um, but I disagree completely because no matter how many individual robots you can create, there's going to be tasks that humans can do that you couldn't do with a specific robot. You get what right. I'm saying? No, I do. Absolutely. Can I give you a quick analogy? Yeah, absolutely. The cell phone. Yeah. For, for anywhere from 200 to $1,200, mm-hmm. you can get this one piece of technology that can be a digital book, right? A, a huge digital music library, yeah. A digital recording platform, right? A telecommunications device, yeah. A gaming system. I mean, where you would have had to have previously bought all, all the different, different things. things. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my second point: is you can combine a lot of those things, right? And like instead of saying I don't need a humanoid robot, you're going to start saying I don't need a robot vacuum cleaner because gotcha. I have a humanoid robot. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think you're right. You you can combine them and actually save money. Now, the, when they first come out, they may be the price, like the price of a new car. You may have to finance the thing. But right. you're talking about wrapping up all these robots you bought in your home into one thing. And and then also it could do tasks that all the other things can't do. For instance, like right. clean your fan blades or something like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, like it might be able to figure out things to do around the house. So I'm just saying I just disagree with the podcast. I think we definitely could use them, you know, uh, whether it's a good thing or not, I don't know. Because I mean, we're we're probably gonna get fatter, you know, well, that, if we have I was them. Thinking you know about I mean? that. Hey, here's a great robot for you. How about Wally? Mm-hmm. What was Wally supposed to do, man? Remember, they sent him out to see if he could find any kind of what, like plant life or right. any kind of life anywhere. 
But originally he was like a trash robot. He was right? a trash yeah. robot, but he was trying to find this stuff, right? And remember on there, everybody was floating around in their like fat pods drinking and milkshakes. they were huge, yeah. They didn't have a neck. They like, didn't, it was all yeah. solid body. Just fat. Just fat. They're floating yeah. around while their uh, robot did all the chores for them. So that's the only thing the I think about with like a humanoid robot. I mean, if you really program with the three laws, you made them or they really couldn't overcome us. Because that's one thing Musk said. He's like, I'm going to make them where they're not strong enough to to, to feed a human. You know what I mean? Right. So you got to worry about that. Like, even if AI took over, it couldn't use it as it's, right. it, to do its biddings. It wouldn't be strong enough, you know? Okay. So you All can right. make them with these fail-safes, right? But there's other downsides. Like, us getting really fat because we're not doing anything anymore. You know, a yeah, robot There comes are a doing place where, you, where modern convenience turns into modern chronic illness. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I would think so. All right, Keith, so the frightening and fantastic future of robots. Yeah. So what's some of the frightening things? Well, we talked about it, right? That yeah. that first guy we talked about, the um, Czechoslovakian writer, his whole vision was, I didn't go into it fully, right? But these robots that were designed as industrial slaves, basically, yeah. rose up yeah. against their captors, Keith, right. yeah. and overthrew them. That's the thing. And we talked about military and government applications. There's always a concern of yeah. weapons of mass destruction or humane, inhumane weapons. Yeah, and, and you know, without knowing a lot about what they're creating, we don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? Like when they were creating the nuclear bomb, nobody thought before it was created, hey, we don't need to do this because they hadn't seen it yet. Until they saw the massive destruction, yes. and that's why they haven't been used ever since. Exactly. And so we may be creating something through robotics that is – of that equal, so that's that's scary to that's think about. That's pretty scary. Yeah. All right, so there's certainly issues of privacy. We talked about that a little bit, like small, little mm-hmm. tiny drones or or, or little yeah. tiny animal like things or yeah, absolutely roaches or other things. NSA being a spy on you, don't even know it. Right? Yeah, that never happens nowadays. Uh, imagine you know, like we talk about drones. Imagine a swarm of drones with high mentality and they're tiny but they're big enough to have an explosive charge big enough to kill a single human. Oh, man. And they're going through out of town and just boom, 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 you know? Imagine they look, They made a drone like the size, a swarm of drones that were like mosquitoes. Yeah. They could actually get on you like in Alabama and bite you. And maybe have, inject and some kind bleed, of poison or and something And then blow like that. you up. Yeah. Yeah, or even like some kind of little poison. It's like, like yeah. a cyanide in the in the mosquito and it injects it into your dead. And then if you yeah. slap it to kill the mosquito, then it blows your arm off or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm telling you. That's dystopian kid. It is, yeah. Um and you think about not just the robotics but the singularity of AI. AI. Yeah. So who's the most famous AI in movie history, Keith? Do you remember? Nineteen sixty nine hmm. or seventy, I forget. Stanley Kubrick's two thousand one A Space Odyssey. Oh yeah. You remember yeah. how he talked so mellow and calm. Right. <laughs> And he, he wouldn't turn himself off because he felt like he was being killed. And then he was like, oh, it's scary, yeah, man. That is scary How? stuff, yeah. That's and the you know, um, AI. Yeah. It starts thinking and thinking. You're talking about visionaries. Room. A lot of the visionaries out there are trying to warn us about, you know, the possible dangers of AI. Danger. Uh, I mean, and Keep we've all playing. seen Terminator. You know, we, we've been warned, right? We've been warned. Yeah. They're coming for you, kid. Yeah. So anyway, um, Let's see. So what else? On What's the positive the, side, Yeah, Keith. on the positive side. No more laundry. Yeah. No more cutting your grass. I hate folding laundry, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, how about job creations in the robotics industry? The more robots yeah. we create, the more, you know, it's kind of like the car boom. 
it was created right. a lot of jobs. You I'm know, sure. we'll have a robotic boom where it's going to create a lot of jobs. So that's a good thing, right? Right. We're working on robots. Um, exactly. he- how about health benefits? They already have, John, a capsule endoscopy. Did so they you know send that? a little miniature drone up your bum. Or I guess maybe you or swallow down your it. Throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes through your intestinal yeah. system down into your bum. Right. And yeah. you poop it out. Yeah, and eventually poop it out. But they get all this data while it's in you from huh. what's inside of you. And That's kind of They already have that. So of course we uh, know they got robotic surgeries that are ar- yeah. they're the articulated kind of arm type. They already have that and then you mix that with definitely a whole other podcast, but we've got five G coming up that has super low latency, right? And then you may have someone in L.A. being able to perform surgery on somebody in New York because the latency is so low, okay. it's just immediate. You know what I mean? Fascinating um, stuff, Keith. It really is. Robots. Did we do a podcast on 5G? I feel like we no, did. we didn't. God, do we need to? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Maybe just the idea of mobile technology because I don't know that we've yeah. ever done a podcast on mobile technology, like a mobile phone. No. Or even computers. All the well, interesting did we do one technologies. On AI? We hadn't done one on AI. We hadn't done one on AI. That's crazy, man. We're the but shat. We better leave and it we there, man. Done We're that. the shat. You're the shat. Yeah, you're the shat, too, man. All, All right, right, man. I've been John. <laughs> That's a good place to close it, I think. And I've been Keith. And this is Flumadiddle. You can reach us at doyouflumadiddle at gmail.com, doyouflumadiddle.com. And uh, hey, check us out. Check our links out. We're still uh, here for you guys. Let us know what's up. Peace out.